Welcome to From the Booth, a podcast where we talk about the films playing at International Cinema at Brigham Young University. This podcast is our fifth of BYU's winter semester 2022. I'm Doug Weatherford, co-director of International Cinema, and I'm joined by Devin Glenn. Devin is a senior at BYU majoring in interdisciplinary humanities with minors in Chinese and International Cinema Studies. He currently works as a TA for BYU's Humanities of East Asia course, as well as a film projectionist and podcast producer for International Cinema. As someone who is deeply invested in film and its power as both an artistic and political medium, Devin is thrilled to be participating in our episode today. Welcome, Devin. Thank you for having me. We're thrilled to have Devin with us today. This is a bit of a different podcast for us. We usually have faculty guests from around the campus. Devin is one of our amazing student employees. Every semester, we have a good handful of really strong, intelligent, creative student employees that help us run international cinema. And we thought that it might be a good change of pace to have one of those individuals on with us. And Devin is here to do that. And Devin, perhaps we could just quickly start by talking about one of your primary functions. You're also our podcast producer. But let's start with your responsibilities as a projectionist. And before I let you take over, let me just point out that we are currently looking for some new applicants, students especially who may have a year or more remaining in their program since at the beginning of next year, we will be without our great senior projectionist from this year. Devin, tell us what uh, being a projectionist is like. Yes, it's one of my favorite jobs that I've ever had. It's really gratifying to be able to work in an environment that encourages such diversity in, in the shows that we showcase here at International Cinema. So as a projectionist, my main responsibilities are to ensure the smooth running of our showings of films to make sure that the technology doesn't malfunction. And if it does, that we get it fixed in a timely manner to help introduce the films at each showing, give a little bit of background information with the directors, the filmmakers, the runtime of the film. And it's just a gratifying job to be able to see so many different people from across BYU campus, as well as the Provo community at large, come together to learn more about diverse cultures, diverse practices, diverse worldviews, and to really grow from that. So I really love my, my job as a projectionist. What are some of the technical aspects of what you do? So a lot of the film that we show at International Cinema now is digitalized. So my job now looks very different from probably the, the same job at IC 20 or 30 years ago. Back in my mom's day, my mom was also a major in interdisciplinary humanities and loved going to the BYU International Cinema. And back then they had reels of film that they would set up and project and now it's become a lot more consolidated. So now we typically will just run our previews and any announcements before the film on a computer and then run the film through a digital medium. So my job is a lot easier in some ways <laughs> than it <laughs> might have been in the past. And for those uh, who may be thinking about applying for the job, is it pretty easy to learn how to be a projectionist? What are some of the biggest challenges that you face? There's always the challenge of not really knowing how technology is going to respond. We all love <laughs> when we pull up a movie and the sound isn't working, but there's a few different things that our AV team have taught us as well as past projectionists as they've been training 
the new up and coming, I guess, team that, that can help you know what to do in a situation like that. So while at some times it can, it can seem a little intense <laughs> that an entire showing that might have a lot of people there kind of rides on your ability to problem solve. There's a lot of techniques that are taught to you. And I would say it, it is very intuitive. And we don't frequently have problems, but last no. semester we did have a few uh, sound problems that were not of our own making, but our projectionists did have to deal with them. And tell us just re real quickly about those challenges last semester when we had some sound failings. Yeah, the one that comes to mind is we had a showing of There Is No Evil, and it's a very artistic film. So the film began, and I noticed that there were some issues with the sound. One of the channels of sound was coming through very gargled, almost like it was underwater. And later I was talking to people in the audience, and they had the exact same feeling as I did, which was like, is this an issue with our system or is this an artistic choice of the film? Like, it was kind of hard to determine what, what the issue was. I ended up calling BYUAV. They came over, took a look at our speakers and found out that our central speaker had blown out. So fortunately, they were able to reroute the sound through the microphone system within the room and everything was good, but it did delay our showing for probably 15 to 20 minutes. And we always apologize when that happens. And like I say, it doesn't happen often. And mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate those audience attendees who understand that we are a program that is very longstanding, has a long tradition. I mean, we're just really thrilled uh, to have international cinema at BYU and we're proud of what we do. But we are dependent very heavily on BYU technological support. And so when we do have a problem, sometimes it's out of our hands. Devin, speaking of that long history, for those who don't know, BYU International Cinema celebrated its 50th year recently, but a few years ago. So it's one of the longest running, if not the longest running, international cinema programs on college campus at BYU. You mentioned your mother participating as well in international cinema. Do you get a sense of being part of a tradition as a member of international cinema? And what will that mean for you as you head out and leave BYU and start to forge your own path? Absolutely. I, I feel such a part of the community that is international cinema, not even in a generational sense, but also in an international sense, hence the title international cinema, I suppose. <laughs> but it really has helped me develop my future goals as an educator. I hope to go on and get an MA and then go on and get a PhD after that. And I would love to be able to establish a program at the university where I teach that is based on the structure of international cinema. I think that it's a program that, as you mentioned, Doug, is one of the longest international film programs in the world, which is incredible. And as I've been able to, you know, apply to different programs for postgraduate work, to be able to say that is really exciting. I feel like I'm part of something bigger that is helping those within our community engage in a global mindset without ever necessarily having to leave their hometown. And that's something that I really love as a projectionist. I see all ages coming to international cinema I guess it would have been two weeks ago when this is airing. <laughs> but um, we had a showing of Castle in the Sky, one of Hayao Miyazaki's great films. 
And there were huge groups of teenagers that were coming. We also have some more documentary style films that get an older demographic coming in as well. And to just see the way that film is able to reach so many different people in so many walks of life is a very gratifying thing to be a part of. That's great. And, you know, I, I first started uh, attending international cinema when I was an undergraduate student in the mid 1980s. So my uh, time as a student and as a faculty member, and then as a IC co-director really embarks a, a lot of those 50 years of history. Uh, so Devin, I, I think that people are probably wondering what it is you do while the films are running. So it depends on the film. If it's a film that I'm interested in, I'll probably be out in the audience watching it along with everyone else because I am also in the the international cinema studies minor. I'm required to watch a certain amount of movies for that minor, which is fantastic because I basically get paid to do my homework. <laughs> but if it's a film that maybe I've seen before since we have several screenings of those films throughout the week, I'll be in the booth either making our buttons, which we give out, which are complimentary little mementos of the shows that we have at IC for that semester. We also have a limited edition series of pins that we've started giving out, which are very tongue-in-cheek. They're very fun. So I'll either be working on that or preparing different posters. I sometimes help with our signage, um, along with Jack, who is an amazing co-worker or even doing homework for other classes. It's a very flexible job, which I really love as well. That's great. And you do mention something that I did want to bring up, and that is the International Cinema Studies minor that is fairly new at BYU. We've had it for a few years now. But uh, I, as part of my responsibilities as IC co-director, I'm also the advisor for that minor and uh, since we've got an opportunity to do so, maybe I ought to let you say a few words about that minor, what it is, uh, what you like about it, and what you hope that it might uh, do for you as you uh, head off into the next uh, stage of your career. Yeah, I love the International Cinema Minor so much. In my experience, I've taken classes as part of my major that have covered both, you know, classes that are more within the Department of the Humanities, as well as those that are more in the Department of like TMA. And they definitely have different vibes. They have different focuses. And what I love about the International Cinema Studies minor is that there's a heavy focus on engaging with film in really meaningful ways that will produce groundbreaking analyses, which is something that I want to do. I want to be a film analyst and teach film at the collegial level. So to be able to participate in classes that really help me expand my tool belt to understand terms and understand different theories that go into film analysis is very, very helpful for me. I also think that it, it gives a breadth in some ways that maybe some other programs don't because we have the entire world as our campus, <laughs> kind of going off of that famous BYU slogan, that we're able to draw from so many different traditions and that you're really able to make this minor what you want it to be. There are classes that are offered that specialize in Asian film. There are classes offered that specialize in Hispanic film. And so you're really able to customize this minor to meet what you would like to do with film in the future. And for me, that's with Asian cinema. So taking Professor Steve Reap's class in Chinese film and translation was a revolutionary 
time for me because it really helped me understand that this is something I want to dedicate my career to exploring not only Chinese cinema, but also the, the intersection of Chinese cinema with ecofeminism, with gender representation. There's so much work that can still be done within especially a Western curriculum to acknowledge and celebrate the amazing traditions of the Chinese cinematic history. Great. Thank you. And you're a great uh, voice for that minor. And I might uh, point out as well that what we do in this minor is not a film production, but film analysis, and specifically from an international perspective. So it is housed in, in the College of Humanities, and it is based primarily on classes that are taught throughout the various departments in the College of Humanities. You mentioned my class that I teach, which is an introduction to Hispanic film, which I think is a lot of fun. That's one I, that's actually taught in language in Spanish, but most of the film classes in the College of Humanities are taught in English. And so if you speak Spanish and would like to take a film class in Spanish, there is that option, but you can take uh, this minor without speaking any languages. TMA, you mentioned, which is Theater and Media Arts, which also does a lot with film, and they're more likely to do film production and some mm -hmm. other types of things. But uh, we are really proud of this minor, and we draw in students from a, quite a variety of backgrounds. Somebody like Devin, who is a humanist and is very much interested in, in film analysis, but we also have people who are hoping at some point perhaps to do something in film screenwriting or production or animation and just to get that exposure to a broad international way of looking at the film medium. And so I think it really is a valuable minor. And if somebody would, is interested, they can go to ic.byu.edu and look for the ICS minor button and get some more information. Um, Devin, before we move to your work as our podcast producer, could you just real quickly say something about the keystone class of the ICS minor, which is ICS 290R. It's a seminar class that is based around the films that are showing each semester in international cinema. Tell us just quickly something about that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I think it's great. It really gives you a lot of exposure to not only different kinds of cinema, as we've discussed, but also how to organize those different elements of cinema by theme, by language, by region, to be able to focus on the archival aspect of international cinema, which for me is key because I hope to make a program similar to IC at the university where I'll be teaching. So right now I'm currently working on a proposal, which I will turn into Dr. Weatherford in, in a few weeks, <laughs> that focuses on ecofeminism from a global perspective. And I draw from films from Germany, from Italy, from China, from Korea, and to be able to see that this common theme, which not a lot of people know about, has its roots in so many different cultures, in so many different cultural contexts, and to be able to draw all of those into one specific format and platform, I think is something that's very powerful because we can see that such issues are universal, that they're not just from a Western perspective, that they're not just from an Eastern perspective. And, you know, that, that in and of itself is a constructed dichotomy that I feel this kind of format can help break down. Great. 
And uh, since the co-directors teach uh, this ICS 290R class, I, I did teach it last semester and had Devin in that class as well. And uh, that was great. Uh, and if uh, somebody is interested in taking this, you do not have to be an ICS minor. In fact, the majority of students who take the class are not. Uh, they're interested in getting more exposure to international cinema. It's a one and a half credit class that meets every Wednesday from four to five o'clock prior to the international cinema faculty lecture. And the faculty lecture is actually part of that class. It's a fairly large class. We typically have between 60 and 70 students. We meet in 250 Kimball Tower, where we show the movies for international cinema. And students uh, don't have to take exams. They, don't, they do some write-ups, but they don't write research papers. Really, your effort is going to go mostly into spending time watching movies. And so you'll watch uh, anywhere from 22 to 25 movies is typically what we require. So it's a lot of movies, but it's so much fun each week to see at least one, sometimes more movies. And uh, you might see one from Turkey, one from Albania, one from Mexico, one from Germany, and you're constantly uh, jumping around. And that really international focus is a lot of fun. If you think you might be interested in the ICS minor, take this class and get your feet wet. And even if you're not, uh, take this class. I think it's a really popular offering on, on BYU campus, ICS 290R. Thanks, Devin. Um, let me quickly turn to your responsibilities as producer of this podcast, because you have been functioning as producer for, is this the second semester? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us it's, what did you do? It's a great job. I, I love this. So in conjunction with being a projectionist, a lot of our projectionists also have secondary positions within international cinema, helping the program run smoothly. And mine is that I help create the weekly emails that go out, and I also help produce this podcast. So as part of the podcast, what I'll do is I'll look at our weekly themes, and I'll also look at maybe local experts in those themes, or that might have insight into one of our films that we're showing that could be beneficial for our, our viewers to understand more of. And I'll reach out to those individuals. A lot of them we draw from our BYU faculty. So I'll reach out to different professors, different researchers. We even last semester had a man who was involved in one of the movies, was interviewed for one of the documentaries who came on the podcast. And I, I got to interview him and that was a great experience. But I'll reach out to those individuals, kind of see what their timeline is like, see if they'd be interested in coming onto the podcast to be interviewed. And then we'll kind of work together to come up with topics of conversation which relate to those films that could help our viewers gain greater insights into them. Great. Thank you, Devin. And you do a great job. And I hope that uh, people can hear that we really do have some great uh, student employees at International Cinema. And when you come to visit us, I hope that you'll take a brief moment to thank the student employees that uh, you see running the projectors and introducing the films and that you will also talk with them because they're a wealth of knowledge. And uh, thank you, Devin, for being with us. We kind of thought that to, to conclude our podcast today, since we're not talking specifically about a film, which is something we typically do, that Devin and I might uh, both just quickly give a plug for one or two of our favorite films showing at International Cinema. This is week five. And I'll, I'll start, uh, Devin, and give you the last word. And I'll just point out that about endlessness 
is showing it's a Roy Anderson film, and I'm a huge Roy Anderson fan. If you saw Songs from the Second Floor that we showed about a year ago, he's just an amazing Swedish director who doesn't like traditional plot or a characterization or anything like that. It's a strange uh, cinematic experience, but one that's beautiful. But I really want to point out as well one of my all-time favorite South American films, which is Araya by the female director Margot Benacerraf, who in 1959 took her cameras to the edge of Venezuela along a peninsula that's called Araya, where at that time individuals still worked back-breaking labor to extract salt from the ocean. And what she created is somewhere between documentary, somewhere between fiction film. She called it actually a tone poem. It's black and white. It's a beautiful film. And there's some moments in it where people are working the salt, where she's able to capture them in ways that suggest that the human experience, even in its suffering, is a majestic and aesthetic experience. And if you want to just be blown away by beautiful black and white uh, cinematography from this 1959 Venezuelan tone poem called Araya, that's the film that I'm going to recommend for you. Devin, what are you looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to Singing in the Rain. It's a classic. It was actually when I was in high school. That was my last musical that I did in high school. I got to be Don Lockwood. And it's it's an incredible story that's very meta, very fun, though, at the same time, kind of addressing that transition from silent film to the talkies, as well as some of the, the personal problems that actors encountered upon such a major transition within the art form. And there's just some incredible choreography that is iconic by all, by all standards today. Singing in the Rain is also celebrating its 70th anniversary this year. So it's a, it's a fun time to celebrate this iconic of a film. I'm also looking forward to West Side Story. I recently went and saw the remake of it that just came out this past year. And it really took me back to the very first time I saw this version, which we'll be showcasing. And it was again in high school in one of my Spanish classes. And I remember seeing it and in the middle of class in high school, bawling. It's a beautiful, sensitive representation of what hatred can do within a country, but also of hope and also of a commitment to find a place somewhere <laughs> where we can coexist in harmony. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to those two musicals specifically. Great. And uh, since you pointed out that both of those films are anniversary films, right? West Side Story is a little bit uh, late. It's anniversary. It's 60th anniversary was last year, but we're showing it this semester along with the uh, remake that's out. And uh, yeah, great movies. Thanks for that recommendation, Devin. And thank you for being our guest. And thank you for the great work that you do at International Cinema. And I'll uh, thank as well our listeners today on From the Booth and remind you that this podcast is produced by the International Cinema Program at BYU and is supported by the BYU College of Humanities. We are solely responsible for the opinions and ideas expressed here as they do not represent any official position adopted by the university or its supporting institutions. We thank our producer, Devin Glenn, who has been with us today, our sound engineer, Marina Hegstrom-Pratt, and Johnny Stallings, who composed our podcast soundtrack. Visit ic.byu.edu for upcoming films and showtimes. 
And until next week, keep seeing great international movies. Mm-hmm.